everyone. Welcome to episode three of the Cosmic Wizard Show, a show where I am reaching out to practitioners of astrology who are working outside the bounds of mainstream tropical astrology. Today on the show, we have Kim Lovelace from Raw Star Astrology and many other places on the internet as we will talk. And this conversation was really activating for me, actually after the fact and I hope that you enjoy it as much as I did. Kim just has this wonderful grounded sort of gravitas and it was fabulous speaking with her. So without further ado, here is our conversation. I hope you enjoy it. Today I have on with me Kim Lovelace. Hello Kim, welcome. Greetings everyone. I'm happy to be here. Hmm. Well, I was really excited. I wanted to talk to you about, um, well, you're a 13 sign astrology practitioner, correct? Yeah. Yeah. And I just wanted to talk to you a little bit about uh, your journey there, how you, how you found yourself practicing. Well, well it's a long story, actually, because um, I first heard about Ephucus when I was about 16. Okay. Um, I was just on my way out the door actually at the time and it came on the news about this 13th star sign mm -hmm. and it caught my attention because you know my birthday fell in between the dates they were giving okay and um you know my grandfather was an astrologer my m maternal grandfather he was an astrologer so I've grown up around astrology oh cool and um, you know other metaphysical Mm -hmm. you know my grandparents were both mediums as well I mean that's how they met in a closed circle in a spiritualist church so oh. you know so I always had a great interest in it and um I was quite fascinated when I heard it but you could I couldn't get any more information there was just nowhere to go at that time mm -hmm. and um yeah and then around about 1987 I think that was around about 79 1980 Mm -hmm. And then around 87, I learned about Lilith, the story of Lilith. Mm, okay. And um, yeah, I've made the connection now, like later on in life. So, you know, that was my initial journey. So although I was practicing 12 sign astrology in the late 90s, mm -hmm. you know, I was actually editing a magazine. I was doing horoscopes for both the magazine and a local history website. Okay. And um, I just wasn't comfortable with it. I think in the back of my mind, maybe subconsciously, because I knew there was a 13th star sign, mm -hmm. you know, I, I never fully felt comfortable. And um, I, I originally, my background is in psychic readings. I mean, I was a psychic reader working around the agencies for years, little bookshops, you okay. know. So privately as well. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, so when the internet came about, mm -hmm. every so often I'd go online and, and try and Google it. You know, when Google came in yeah. around about 2006, 2007, I started to Google it. Yeah. And at first I wasn't really finding anything. Mm. And then around about 2011, it hit the headlines again. So I Googled it. I found a little bit of information, but not a lot. Mm -hmm. And um, it was in 2013. I Googled it again. 
And then I came across this idea of this website, Eric Seligson. Mm -hmm. I came across Astrology 13, Frasilis Cantus, and um, another guy that had um, a website or an astrology channel called Rahote. Mm -hmm. So there was these three people, like, all doing 13 star sign astrology, and that was it. Mm -hmm. That's when it all took off for me. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. I, yeah, I joined both Vasilis and Eric. I was, you know collaborating with the both of them at that time okay cool and so from then on that's that's what you do no more of this 12 sign business yeah well it was like the missing piece to the jigsaw hmm. and um you know for the last eight years I've just been intensely studying like hmm. ancient history and I've created my own chart wheel now which is um excuse me I've got a sweet in my mouth <laughs> which is basically based on true astronomy, like how, you know, where the constellations actually are. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, and it's working quite well. It's been since 2018, September 2018. Mm -hmm. The chart wheel was created and up and running. And since then, I've been getting my own head around it. And um, yeah. And so this is a 13 uh, house system that you use, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And um, could you tell me a little bit more about that? Yeah, sure. So, well, in 2016, I got in contact with Walter Berg, who's mm. the original founder of 13 Star Sign Astrology. Mm. Now, Walter Berg, I mean, he's, um, he's an astrophysicist. But he's also a scientist, but he grew up um, around astrology. He was always studying the stars and he noticed from a very early age that there was another constellation that sat on the ecliptic. Mm. So I contacted him in 2016 and he agreed to send over his ephemeris to, you know, oh. all the programs like Astro App and Capricorn mm -hmm. Prometheus. And, um, but it's still based on Aries being the ruler of the first house. Mm. Now, the first house should really be defined by the age we are living in. Oh, okay. So we are still in the age of Pisces right now, mm. you know. So the sun on the uh, March equinox rises at eight degrees in Pisces. So therefore, Pisces should be the ruler of the first house. So, which makes, um, it just makes a difference in the house cusp, you know, because each mm -hmm. constellation is a different size. Mm -hmm. So having the correct house sizes was so important for my work. So is each house, like, does it start with Pisces and that's, it's the size of Pisces for house one? Yeah. I mean, in the settings of the astrological program, because the house is really in a natal chart, mm -hmm. are defined by the person's location and time of birth, mm -hmm. date of birth, time of birth, and location. Location is obviously very important. Yeah. What we got to understand is, you know, that the sun, the dawning of a new day, actually begins in New Zealand. Mm. And then the sun works its way across the planet. So by the time the sun rises on the March 
um, equinox in like the UK where I'm based, it's normally the, the sun's moved into the fifth house by that point. Okay, yeah. So, you know, and, um, but yeah, it's just literally for the settings mm -hmm. in the astrological program that the constellate, the house sizes are exact to how it's, it is in the true lifetime sky. Oh, okay. If that makes sense, it's very technical. So a, a, lot of people a little bit. Um, yeah. So it's split up by, by time wise then. Yeah. Okay. How's it the sun? Mm -hmm. On the March equinox, when the sun rises, it rises in Pisces. Okay. So that defines the first house really because it's the age we are living in the okay. when the sun rises in Pisces it's the age we are in it defines the age we're living in okay I see and so um I take it with your 13 houses you have a house that a fucus rules sure and and like what sort of could you tell me a bit about um what you use that house for what yeah i mean that is the house of our inner temple okay. you know so it's the house of our like our, our magic really but it's mm. also the house of our hidden gifts it's the house of like it's a threefold house okay it's also the house that we are sending when we have a kundalini awakening it's the 10th house that happens in it's the 10th house that activates that and um so when we go through the ninth house which is ruled by scorpio mm -hmm. in the true lifetime sky it's um you know that's the house of death that's mm -hmm. the house where we're kind of stripped um you know we're stripped we're kind of going through that self-exposure Okay. And then we go into the 10th house to rise, to ascend, mm. you know? So it's the house of ascension. It's the house of Christ consciousness. Okay. You know, it's the house of like, um, you know, also healing. You know, Afukas is also the doctor of the Zodiac. Mm. And, um, you know, so, yeah, I mean, it's quite, quite a big energy. It's a very important house in the Zodiac. Hmm. Okay. And you use the actual constellation boundaries, not midpoints, right? Yeah, I use the actual, yeah. A lot of, some people use that. I think the midpoints are very interesting, but yeah. So do you have any thoughts really uh, on like midpoint versus boundaries? Because isn't there some crossover? Doesn't that make it a little tricky? Well, the midpoint is basically, you know, the midpoints are, a, it's a different kind of divination, if you know what I mean. It's like the in-between of a passage of a planet, you mm. know. So, you know, like you've got the, with the Black Moon Lilith, you've got the true node and then you've got the midpoint. And um, with other planets, you can do the same thing. I mean, I've never really been into the midpoints. I've looked at them a little bit, but mm. it's not really my, my thing personally. But... I do get why people like to use the midpoints, but I just rather use the actual, because I, I work with numbers as well. Okay. So, you know, the degree of the planet to me is important in my work. Hmm. 
Um, so that's why I don't really use midpoints. Gotcha. But I understand other astrologers that do, and I get, you know, we've all got our own different ways of working. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, you mentioned you mentioned Lilith at the start. Um, yeah. Do you want to talk a little bit more about that? Do you do you think because you have a Facebook group, right? Raw Star Astrology. Yeah. Um, and I noticed there's a lot of very, um, it's got a much more like feminine energy than a lot of the groups I'm a part of. Um, and I've heard, I've seen some posts about like the hidden feminine wisdom, I think, something along that line. Do you want to extrapolate on that a bit? Yeah, that sounds like Rebecca's uh, work with the hidden feminine and that. I mean, she's very into, you know, she's got a lot of knowledge about, she, she lives in Glastonbury, Avalon, so it's all about the feminine. And oh, okay. The, you know, it's the, it's all about the twin flame, etc. Gotcha. But, um, yeah, I suppose feminine, because the feminine represents the spiritual. It's just an energy. It doesn't mean like male or female. It's just an energy. So the feminine, like Ophupus is really, you know, Ophupus himself was a male. Okay. But it's a threefold sign because he's got two women or three women, really, you know, in that sign, there's three women there. Like in Egyptian, it would be Isis, her twin sister, Nephis, and the mother of Aphucus. Okay. So, and the mother of Aphucus is actually Aquarius. Oh, okay. So Aquarius is the 13th house, but there's an umbilical cord going from the 10th house into the 13th. Okay. Um, so, the umbilical cord. Like, yeah. can you tell me more about that? What do you mean yeah. by that? <laughs> well, you know, we all, even though when we're born, the umbilical cord gets cut in the physical world. Mm -hmm. In the spiritual world, the umbilical cord is still attached to the mother. Mm -hmm. You know, so um, it's an energy flow. Okay. So, you know, Aquarius, she was very feminine. She was a you know, a high priestess and, um, you know, so she has great influence over her son, Ophucus in the 10th house. And then you have like, because Ophucus in Egyptian was Osiris. Okay. And um, Osiris's wife was Isis. Hmm. But his firstborn son was actually Tenefis. Okay. And uh, Nephis is actually Lilith in Sumerian, oh. which is also Inanna, the great queen Inanna. Uh -huh. uh, but she got demonized because, um, you know, she got demonized because she, because of her antics. I won't go too much into that right now because I'm just writing a book about it. And oh, I, okay. I give out snippets, people kind of take it and, and do something different with it. So, Same. you know. Okay. But the Black Moon, I mean, she obviously had to learn lessons the hard way, like most of us do in life. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, she was, she's been badly demonised. And I think in, um, you know, in Glastonbury, Avalon, where Rebecca lives, it's all about um, 
Mary Magdalene. So Nephis, Lilith also represents the Mary Magdalene as well. So, you know, in the Bible they say Mary Magdalene got stoned. She was called a whore, you know, and um, it, sorry if you don't mind me using that. Oh, yeah, that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> and obviously in Sumerian history, Inanna mm -hmm. was the whore of Babylon. Oh. Literally because oh. he seduced Osiris mm -hmm. and bore him his first son. So, and she was actually married to Osiris's half-brother. Okay. So it was a big scandalous thing that went on once it was all found out, you know. But um, so she's got, she carries this um, deep, deep knowledge and deep, deep wisdom because she learned some very harsh, harsh lessons from that experience. Hmm. You know, so when we first enter into the 10th house on a spiritual level, we first come to Pandora's box, which is like overlooked by the Black Moon Lilith or Lilith herself. And she's the one that entices us to open the box. Mm. So to face our fears, to face our demons. Mm. Okay. And then at the bottom of the box, we have the light, the star of hope. Mm. And it's when we reach that, when we've dealt with all the um, spite and the demons and the fears, mm. that we actually ascend up into the ethers. Okay. And um, that's why I use the Caduceus as my logo, because to me, that is the Kundalini awakening. And it's also about genetic coding. Oh, okay. And it's a house that really is all about numbers as well. Okay, interesting. Yeah. Well, this is great to talk to you. I'm definitely um, a lot more familiar with like the Greek mythology. And sure. I'm just uh beginning to i mean obviously dipping my toe into these waters you got to go back farther right so but yeah. I'm, I'm still at the start so it's lovely to to hear these other things um hmm let's see which direction should we go in um well if we were to talk a little bit more um you know, current events, do you have any like transits that you're really keeping an eye on that you're excited about? Yeah, yeah. Oh. I mean, we've got um, a lunar eclipse coming up on the 26th of May, mm -hmm. which will take place in the sign of Scorpio oh. in 13 star sign astrology. I mean, that, I mean, the eclipses this year are major, like they were last year. Not that they're, I mean, last year we had extra eclipses than normal, but yeah. this year we've got the standards, you know. But it's very rare we get eclipses in Ophiuchus, and it's kind of even more rare, I suppose, to have them in Scorpio, in a way, because Scorpio is only six degrees, six days long. Wow. So this one's going to happen in Scorpio. So that's a very deep energy. Mm -hmm. So, and um, it's a very investigative energy as well, Scorpio. So there's going to be a hell of a lot of deep reflection on that upcoming lunar eclipse in, in May. Mm -hmm. And a lunar eclipse is always followed by a solar eclipse. Mm -hmm. And um, the solar eclipse will happen on the 10th of June. And that will be 26 degrees in Taurus. Hmm. Interesting. 
So Taurus is a big energy throughout all these eclipses because at the lunar eclipse, um, the sun will be in Taurus, even though the moon will be in Scorpio. Okay. Then we will have a solar eclipse actually in Taurus. And then in November, on the 19th of November, we have a lunar eclipse in Taurus mm. at three degrees. Um, but the sun will be in Libra. Yes. So that's um, a little bit of a balancing of the of the energies um, in, pre in preparation for mm -hmm. the solar eclipse that's going to happen in Ophucus on the 4th of December. Oh, okay. So, and, you know, the actual full moon lunar eclipse in November will actually have a yod aspect aimed right at, at, towards the black moon Lilith. Oh. Now, the last time we had an, um, a yod aimed towards the black moon Lilith was at the Lionsgate portal in 2019. And that was major. So the eclipses this year, even though there's fewer of them, they're really going to have a strong impact. Mm. And it's going to really be all to do with, you know, our physical material world. That's where we're going to see it, you know, play out in. Okay. Um, but uh, with eclipses and big major conjunctions that we have with the planets, they don't necessarily happen on that day. We don't necessarily yeah. see any change or the effects on that day. Yeah, for sure. It's for a period, right? Yeah. So we're still living out the conjunctions from last year. I mean, they're still heavily impacting the earth right now and humanity. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, so the, the solar eclipse in a focus, I, I really do feel there's a big awakening going on with that particular eclipse. Like last year, we had um, a solar eclipse in Ophucus. Um, that was a major awakening point as well. Last year, I was still doing um, like Western sidereal, but not, I wasn't fully on to the 13 side. So I was a little, sorry? You practice 12 signs, don't, don't you? I did, yes, um, and I'm sort of just in the process of, well, I spent about eight years studying 12 sign astrology, finally got to a point where I was like, wait a second, something's up here, and I always sort of assumed it was because I didn't understand the astronomy enough, then it all clicked for me, and I was like, oh, it's just, it's just not quite right, so um, then I, I tracked transits in sidereal for a while for like a year and a half and i was like well this is obviously the stars mean something so it's been a bit of a it's been a bit of a slow transition over but hmm. it's interesting it does seem that this idea of awakening is something that's very active in the um just collective consciousness right now yeah for sure. And if we're going to have another solar eclipse there, uh, interesting yeah. things coming. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we've got further big shifts happening over the next few years as well. Mm. You know, um, I've got my notes here because um, I've got a brain like a sieve. I think it's the age I'm at. Mm. <laughs> so 
you know, and the Black Moon Lilith will actually be in Taurus on all those eclipse dates. Oh, so interesting. it's very significant to the financial world, you know. Mm -hmm. um, but we've got Saturn will enter into Taurus on the 14th of February in 2023. Okay. Now, Saturn moves a bit quicker than mm -hmm. Neptune, Uranus and, and Pluto, obviously. Yeah. But Neptune, the big one we've got coming up next year in 2022, in February 2022, is we have Neptune moving into his own sign of Pisces. So it's not there yet by the constellation boundary. No, it's still in Aquarius. He's still in Aquarius right now. Okay. And he entered into Aquarius around about 2010. Okay. And Aquarius is the ruler of the 13th house, which is the hidden. I mean, they, the houses still have the, the same meaning. Okay. Um, but it shifts a bit. Yeah. Um, the 13th house is the hidden institutions and stuff like that. And um, when Neptune moved into Aquarius around about 2010, 2011, the statistics for mental health, like, started to go way off scale. Hmm. Um, yeah, because, you know, Aquarius is a mad, it's always been, you know, called the mad hatter, so to yeah. speak, the eccentricity of that star sign. Yeah. So Neptune is a very psychic sign. So in that environment, you know, together, mm. um, yeah, because it, it doesn't really fit into the modern day world. You know, Uranus and Neptune are very ancient. Mm. you know alongside but they're very ancient planets so you know it's all about um psychic intuition and telepathic communication etc so a lot of people have been having these awakenings but you know it's a little bit overwhelming for some that haven't been mm. brought up in that in that kind of environment and in well at least where i am anyways i'm in canada we don't really have the cultural background or like foundation for anyone to know what to do with that, um, sort of other than be like, oh no, am I going crazy? Yeah, I think that's the, that's the same scenario for most of the Western world, to be mm -hmm. honest. Yeah. You know, the Eastern world are, are more familiar than, you know, than, than more on that level. Hmm. Um, but you know the western especially in the northern hemisphere it's um you know a little bit more you know we will just work yeah and you know the only kind of spirituality most of us really know is religion you know hmm. so yeah but yeah, yeah. so that's very like materialist scientific in our viewpoint which leaves a yeah Leaves a lot between the lines, you know? Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. But I would say since around about 2010, 2011, there has been like more and more people coming into their own self-power, coming into and recognising their own inner temple. Mm -hmm. You know, so especially with the breaking down of um, culture, uh, the breaking down of religion and that's been Pluto's transit through Sagittarius he's been 
breaking down religion, breaking down culture, but you know, it's been manipulated and Scorpio can be a very manipulative sign. Mm -hmm. So he will actually enter into Capricorn in March, 2023. So that's still yet to come too. Mm. Yeah. And that's interesting, this boundary versus midpoint thing. Mm. Okay, yeah. Yeah. But I don't want to interrupt you. What were you saying about that? That I'm curious about because I've been watching for it for pretty much the entire time I've been actually studying astrology. Mm. Um, but then I keep just realizing like, oh, it's not actually yet. Oh, it's not actually yet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because 13 star sign astrology is behind mm -hmm. in constellations, you know, yeah. like when was the, well, I don't want to get into the technical details, but Western astrology is actually a whole constellation ahead. And that's yeah. why it's making less and less sense because it's moving further and further away. Mm -hmm. So, you know, although the aspects are very similar, the aspects are more or less the same between mm -hmm. the but yeah, when Pluto, I mean, while Pluto's been transiting, I mean, Sagittarius is all about religion. It's all about, you know, transparency. It's all about culture, mm. you know, and... Um, Our belief systems, right? Yeah, basically, mm. morals and principles and, and stuff like that. So Capricorn is actually all about establishments. It's all about corporations and... And um, yeah, like structures, like yeah, the, the skeleton, the structure of um, organizations or, or anything really, even our, our bodies, our Saturn rules, our skeleton, yeah, the bones, structure, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm going through my second Saturn return, so oh, that's yeah. exciting, yeah, well, mm -hmm. not really. <laughs> Well, so what? So Capricorn or Pluto is going to hit Capricorn in twenty twenty two? Did you say twenty three? March twenty three. Yeah. Okay. Mm. So we've got Neptune moving into Pisces in twenty two. Mm -hmm. We've got Pluto moving into Capricorn in twenty three. Okay. And we Uranus entering into Taurus in 2024. Mm -hmm. mm. So to me, I mean, when I was doing a rundown of it, I kept getting digital currency, like the, the whole financial system's going to change for real. You Big know, so it will all go digital. And that's what I'm seeing. So that but it's going to, you know, by, by the time May 2024 comes, when Uranus enters into Taurus, I just feel we're all going to know where we're at by that point. Mm. Okay. I feel leading up to that point, it's still very um, up and down, like we just don't know whether we're coming or going and there's going to be a lot happening in our environment globally. So, yeah, I feel like when Pluto hits Capricorn, a lot is going to change. Yeah, I feel like we've been feeling it for, I feel like I've been feeling it for like 12 years now at this point, but like, I don't know, back in high school and stuff, I just felt like everyone was like, oh, I feel like we're on the, we're just on the edge of like civilization falling somehow, you know, 
And I don't think it's necessar necessarily going to be all like doomy gloomy, but I think it's going to be vastly different from what we've expected or what has been, you know? Yeah. And, you know, I mean, I'm a, I am a little bit of an activist, you know, I, mm -hmm. you know, I am all love and light, but I'm also, you know, I've got my two feet on the ground, do you yeah. know what I mean? And, um, you know, I always saw that this time was going to bring about big change. And, you know, many of us want to welcome the change because things couldn't really go on the way they were. We were just being overworked, underpaid not very much appreciated either you know and um you know in our jobs in the working environment even businesses like owners of businesses are under a lot of pressure you know in, especially here in the uk where you know business owners were now expected to pay towards people's pensions and you know a lot of a lot of companies have been put under pressure and a lot of companies have like closed because of the pressure Mm. so things really did have to change but yeah. what we have to make sure is that the change is for humanity's benefit mm -hmm. and even though we can say the benefit of all these this particular time it's more about humanity you know standing up and and demanding to be counted you mm. know mm -hmm. so and obviously, with the node, um, the south node in Afukas right now, the eclipse is happening in Afukas. I mean, Afukas is a doctor. It is about the medical industry. Mm. But Afukas is organic. Mm -hmm. You know, Afukas is an organic energy. So it's all about, you know, natural plants, natural remedies. And that healing within. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All doctors swear enough to Hippocrates or the mm. Hippocratic Oath. Yeah. Well, you know, Walter Bird writes in his book when he talks about Afukas, um, how they're swearing um, an oath really to Afukas because they're using Afukas' symbol, which is the caduceus, like the snake and the rod. Yeah. Mm, interesting. Yeah. Hmm. And the south node is all about karma from the past, you know, from the ancient past. It's ancient wisdom. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> um, what, if someone wants to learn more about, like, the history of a fucus, what direction would you point them in? What's the, what's the best place to look? Well, you know, I've been kind of downloading a lot of stuff since 2019 and researching a lot of stuff since 2019 and um, well I've been researching a lot longer than that but mm -hmm. I've been putting um, voice notes and notes together to write a book okay. I was going to do a video I was going to do a video presentation but there's just so much I need to get out there because I want to tell people about the mythology of the ancestry of the star signs, of who's who. This is what I've been studying for the last eight years. Yeah. And uh, the, 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 you know, the story behind the people as well and how, how it got to this point where we're at now. So- You, you know, think that it was hidden on purpose? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah, definitely. Is there anything that you can go into that or is, we gotta wait for the book? 
Well, no, I mean, you know, if we look into ancient history, if we go to Samaria, if we go to Egypt, a lot of the, the writings have been scrubbed out. People's names have been scrubbed off. They've been finding bodies with no names on the tombs and, and stuff like that. You know, okay. so like today, how they're bringing down all the statues. Yeah. Okay. The same thing happened in ancient history. Okay. And thing is that's how we lose history but they had to change the story mm -hmm. because they you know for control to and that's why religions were set up we were taken away from because yeah it's it's hard to say without saying without giving bits yes. away but you know all I can say this is a story of two races coming together and we're literally talking two races. We're not talking about two nationalities. Mm -hmm. So when people say here on our earth, like, oh, you know, this race, like, you know, the Indian race or the English race or the French, you know, we are all one race. All of us are one okay. race. But so you're talking I'm like there was style? Sorry? You're talking like species style, right? Yes. Yeah. Ooh. yeah. We are we are the product of two different races of beings coming together in okay. union. And that union, to me, from mm -hmm. what I understand, was a sacred union. It was a genuine union. And um, but there's just and that's where it's all got demonized, you mm. know, like Adam and Eve in the garden. How dare they, you mm -hmm. know? um you know how dare they recognize they've got bodies do you know what I mean and yeah. you know and yeah it's um the whole story's been changed although they've left a lot of the truth in there hmm. okay. but you know I've got the story from literally the images because so many people have interpreted the text hmm. but that's uh, all um yeah. But That's it's all very like a game of telephone, basically, right? Yeah. I mean, I've got my story from the images and from hearing about the texts, like the people that have studied them and translated them. I've learned a lot from the text, but the images is what really told me the story. But then I'm a very visual person, yeah. you know? Um, but yeah, it's literally a story of two different races coming together. Hmm. And it was a very, it's very taboo. It was very taboo, and it caused it caused a big divide. Hmm. Yeah. I see, and so that's why they changed the story. Yeah, and we are seeing it play out today because the South Node is in our focus. This is ancient history, the karma hmm. back on the Earth today. That is what the South Node is showing us. What is going on today? is literally very similar to what happens in ancient history. Mm. Interesting. Well, I look forward to your book. Do you know when it will be out? Are you still working yeah. on it? I'm still working on it because mm. I've had to research about publishing. Do I publish myself or do I go to a publishing company? So there's a lot going, you have to yeah. research behind copyright laws. Plus I want to use images. So yeah. I've got to get permission for oh, images. Oh yeah, that's tricky. Mm. And I'm also working on another project with um, a beautiful lady that does light codes. We're actually creating an oracle deck right now. 
you know. So there's a lot in that I'm doing behind the scenes, and I don't know if you're aware, but my my mentor and um, friend, you know, who owned this idea with this website, Eric Seligson, he passed um, over like in 2019. Oh, okay. Yeah, so I've been a little bit homeless since then. <laughs> so I'm just in the process of launching my new website. Oh. And, and that will be launched any day now. Um, so it's a little bit delayed because there's a little bit of work that needed to be done on it, a little bit more work, but um, that should be launched. But once I've got my base, I've got my home, mm -hmm. then, you know, I will be doing a lot more. I'm putting out a lot more. It's just that I'm all over the place. I'm on Facebook, I'm on Instagram, I'm on YouTube. I, I've got all these different platforms and really I just needed like a base. One little home base. Yeah. yeah. Well, um, I'll have to get your website from you and I'll put it in the show notes for when it's ready. And people will be able to find you and we can keep an eye on this book you've got coming out. Brilliant. Yeah. Um, you think I guess we covered everything that I wanted to talk to you when I emailed you um I should have prepared questions I guess <laughs> no let's show well I don't I don't know you've given us lots of very interesting information to think about I'm excited about your book um and I guess okay so I, th I guess I have to get Astro up. That's what that's the one that you use that has the 13 house system that you created, right? Astro app? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And this is what uses the actual boundaries instead of midpoints. Yeah, well, it's Walter Berg's um, calculations. Um, his, um, yeah, because astronomy because he's astronomical astronomical he's an astrophysicist astronomically i it, nasa's approved his boundaries mm -hmm. okay you know the constellations by nasa are waterbergs you know boundaries sort of thing um so, and is yeah. Waterberg still alive yes yeah okay okay yeah I was, uh, I came across his website when I first started digging into this and it wasn't, it's, it's rather out of date. So I wasn't sure. And I don't think there's really, there's information to get a hold of his publishers, but not him. Yeah. Well, he's, um, basically handed the baton down to me. He writes okay. on his website. He's handed the baton down to, well, Eric, mm -hmm. he handed it down to and, and Rastar, which is me. Hmm. Um, so he's basic, basic, I mean, I'm in contact with him. We do hmm. email each other and, um, I always give him updates of how things are going. He's actually working on a scientific project at the moment. Okay. All to do with the dark energy. Yeah. Um, so he's researching, doing a lot of research there with the dark energy and the dark matter. Dark matter. Okay. But he's retired from astrology now. He's actually retired. Okay. And he did have, a, he's done, he has done a lot of books, but they're all hmm. in Japanese. That's um, what I found that made me quite sad. <laughs> he's just got the yeah. one in English, right? Sorry? He's got the one in English? 13 yeah. in astrology? Yeah, the 13 okay. signs, 
episodes yet. Yeah. And uh, yeah, he's done. He did. He did one on his um, own biography. He did a biography as well. But I've got a copy of that, but I haven't seen it. I think you know it's out of publication now. Mm. And, um, yeah, but most of his books are all in Japanese because the Western world just wasn't ready for him at that point. Yeah. So, but he, um, you know, both him and Eric always taught me to learn this 13 star sign system system from my own point of view and to put my you know and yeah and that's what I've been doing using my own intuition so and I think that's a good way because it's what you're comfortable with like you know we say people Mm. I use through degrees whereas other people use midpoints and Mm. you know we've all got our own way of working so to incorporate that into you know, the 13 star sign system, I think is, is great. Mm-hmm. So by the boundaries, the sun is in Pisces? What now? Yes, right now. Yeah, yeah okay. the sun Pisces, yeah. Okay, how far does it have to go now? Um, I can't remember where it, when it enters into, I'm terrible with the dates. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually um I've got a Rastar page on Facebook as well and it's um pinned to the top all the okay, all cool. dates. But it's basically mm. NASA's NASA's constellation dates. Mm. Um I think it moves into Aries kind of like well we've got the um yeah I can't remember. That's okay. I know it's for a long time. <laughs> hmm. I know. I feel like I've been feeling it. <sighs> yeah. I don't want to give a date in case I'm wrong, but yeah. yeah. But we're coming up to that point now where it enters into the sun, will enter into Aries. We will be reaching that point. I feel like since it's been in Pisces, I've just been lost in like fantasy worlds. Like I've I've read like five books. I think. Bless. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. Well, there's a lot going on with um, Mercury as well. So Mercury's all about learning, all about the mind. And, and Vesta, the goddess Vesta. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, that's all about learning and self-empowerment, you know, depending on what books you're reading. It's all feeding the soul. Mm-hmm. It's all like, you know, the soul's integrating like more and more knowledge right now. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people are finding they want to research stuff uh, that's to do with like, you know, sacred matters, you know. Mm-hmm. And you say that you work with numbers, um, like mm. in sort of numerology or your own side, your own sort of intuitive. Yeah, um, well, I've always worked with the Hebrew Kabbalah and um you know, the numerology associated with the Hebrew Kabbalah. And um, I know they, there's other forms of numerology out there, but I, I, it just has always worked for me. And I'm not a numerologist. I don't do numerology reports or anything like that. Yeah, It's just that with me, I get numbers, you know. Sometimes mm. I like my latest podcast, <laughs> it's more numerological than it is, you know, astrological because the numbers were just like you know really standing out to me there were the numbers were coming across as really major you know so um 
yeah so I like to you know combine the two really and um, it is just following what how, what stands out to me in the chart at the time I'm reading it mm, interesting and so you have a podcast too how about you tell yeah. us all the ways we can find you okay so I've got a YouTube channel mm -hmm. and um, that's called star the good witch hyphen rastar 13 star sun astrology okay. don't ask me why I've got such a long name on it but <laughs> I couldn't decide what to use and um, yeah so it's star the good witch and hyphen rastar 13 star sun astrology that's been up and running since 2018 and I do bi-weekly podcasts at the moment for the new moon, full moon. But, you know, once I've got my website up and running, once I've got the book mm -hmm. going into publication, then I can start doing videos on more on astrology and the house system and, you know, what's behind it all. Yeah. And then I can refer people to the book for more information or more knowledge. That's why I want the book there first. Mm. So people, if they want to go deeper, dive a little bit deeper into it, yeah. then, they can, you know, get the book. Ah, that so, makes sense. Yeah. Okay. So there's a lot I want to share with people and I'm bursting to share, but everything's got to be in order, you know. Yeah, yeah, for sure. One step at a time. Yeah. Okay. And then we talked about your Facebook page, which is Raw Star 13 Sign Astrology. Yeah. Okay. And my group as well is Raw Star 13 Star Sign Astrology. Okay, okay. Yeah. But soon but soon you'll have a website and you'll have one one home. Yay. Yay. <laughs> okay. I'm so looking forward to it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that's about it for all the questions I have for you today. But thank you so much for uh, for answering my email and getting on here to talk with me today. No, it's lovely to meet you. Yeah, you too. And uh, thank you for inviting me onto your show. Oh, it's been my pleasure. It's been my pleasure. <laughs> I feel like I feel like this is the future of astrology, and yes. Um, and, you know, I also feel like a lot of the practitioners are, you know, they're going a lot deeper with astrology and, yes. um, and because of that, everyone's sort of in it with the spirit to learn and everyone seems to have different, really great perspectives on it. So I've been enjoying gathering people together and hearing where everyone's coming from. And the wonderful thing, I mean, astrology is really based on astronomy. We're talking about planets and star mm -hmm. signs, you know, that are actually in existence. And like, you know, working with 13 stars, it's a connection to the universe. It's, it's mm -hmm. a connection to astronomy. And, you know, there's just so much, you know, mm. there's just, it just opens up a big door to the universe and, and, to me, working with 13 star sign astrology, I feel just so much more in alignment. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's why I made the switch is it just felt right. And when I looked around, even, you know, like in the mutable signs, I'm seeing the world answer, you know, so yeah. I agree. But I won't, I won't keep you too long, but thank you for talking to me today. And it was lovely to meet you.
and Joe. <laughs> I'll see you around the internet. <laughs> yes, you will. Take care.